right, everybody, welcome to the first ever episode of Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler. This show provides entrepreneurs with information, tips, and tricks to help take their businesses from being owner-dependent and stagnant to growth-ready and process-driven. How are you doing today, Julie? I am good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm excited to get this show kicked off. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I don't know why. Probably because it's our first ep- first show ever. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of that to you know, some some uh, butterflies there for yeah. sure, because I mean, we've got a ton of podcasts under our belt and speaking engagements and all that, but Hey, we're live on the radio. So we are, let's go. if we mess up, everyone's going to know it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. So um, let's just kind of talk a little bit about, give our, um, the listeners an idea of what the show is, um, the format, what we're going to do. Sure. And then introduce ourselves. How's all that right. sound? Sounds good. All right. So typically, three segments. Um, and in that first section, first segment, we are going to do uh, a little thing we call answer questions. Nobody is asking. And then, um, well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, just what's going on, you know, in the business world. Um, middle segment, usually we'll have a guest, although we don't have a guest today, but we've got a topic that we're both fired up about. Is that corny? Oh my God, that was awful. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then uh, the final segment of the show is current events. And what's fun about that is we've both picked some headlines and news stories that center around business or current events. And we're, we don't know what the other one has picked out. And we've got you know several to talk about and kind of get hot takes on those. So that'll be fun. Yeah, it will, it will be fun just to kind of throw everybody, throw each other a curveball in there. And who knows? I mean, every week we might have some, uh, you know, just funny stories. It could be serious stories. It could just be just kind of just what's going on in the world and, and what's affecting small business, because that's who we we help is small businesses with our consulting firm. So um, it's important to us to always be focused on everything small business. Can we have sad stories? Um, if you, if you want to, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's that last segment is also where we'll take listener calls or listener questions if they email them to us. So we'll handle the listener portion and the last, last part of the show. Yes. 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 And that's important to mention. All right. Listen, why don't you tell everybody what makes you qualified to talk about small business, Corey? Well, crap. Um, (laughs) no, so I, uh, Went to school at Virginia Tech. I got my degree in hospitality and tourism management. I thought I wanted to be an engineer, but then I realized that that was hard. So <laughs> I went into went into restaurants because those are easy. Um, and so I worked in restaurants for years. I managed restaurants. I've owned restaurants. I uh, left the, um, spent about 14, 14 years in the restaurant industry. I left the restaurant industry because I just got burned out and I... Heard the siren song of corporate America with Mm. weekends off and, you know, 45 hour work weeks. How did that work out? Um, I I enjoyed it for a couple of years, for sure. I was uh, traveling a lot, but that was fine. And, um, you know, every weekend it was weird for me because I I like you sure I have two days off in a row. And yeah, like I I mean, I can come in. Nobody's going to be here. So. uh, Um, so that was, that was interesting for me and then got, uh, burned out on corporate America and started independent consulting, 
Um, and somewhere in there, I started working on my MBA. So I got that and then did some independent consulting with, um, like independently with myself. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then from there, uh, Julie and I started our, our consulting firm about two years ago now, almost. And mm-hmm. here we are. Time flies. It yeah. Does. So if everybody isn't clear on that, Corey is the smart one on the team. He has got, you know, both his undergrad and his master's. I love to rub that in Julie's face <laughs> as often as I can. <laughs> I do not have my master's. <laughs> and it took me like eight different colleges before I finally finished. I got might have gotten kicked out of one or two of them. And if truth be told, I've been fired from more jobs than Corey's actually ever held in his life. So <laughs> um, I have a lot of experience. Basically, I'm unhirable, which makes me perfect for being an entrepreneur and a small business owner. Um, But my background, I have a very strong background in consulting, mergers and acquisitions, um, a lot of um, integration strategies, and very strong in project management, change management, communications, um, and whatnot. So while I don't have, you know, that as impressive of an education background, I do have a lot of dirt under my fingernails from working in small businesses. We both grew up in small business families. So, all right, that's enough about us. Let's, let's get into answers to questions nobody is asking. All right, let's all right. do it. So, well, first, I think that, so the questions that we're going to answer today, they all kind of revolve around the main topic for today, which is going to be fire yourself. So as a small business owner, your goal should be firing yourself from your business. And that's not getting yourself kicked out of your own business. It's getting yourself getting yourself out of the day-to-day operations and into strategy, vision, all of mm-hmm. that. So I, I think we've already established if anybody needs tips on how to fire themselves, they could come to me, right? Well, know how to get fired. <laughs> oh, get fired. Correct. <laughs> that's a better explanation, Corey. All right. So um, here's our first question that we're going to answer. What do you think of people who want to be entrepreneurs, but ask the question of what kind of business should I start? I find that horrifying sometimes because to me, if you don't like, I appreciate the passion of wanting to be a small business owner, of wanting to be an entrepreneur. But if you don't have an actual passion of what you want to do, that just, it, it it scares me because all you're really doing is, and and we'll talk about this, is basically buying yourself a job. So instead of working for somebody else, you just get to work some crappy job for yourself. And there's a lot of pros and cons to small business and, and entrepreneurship. But if you don't, if you're not passionate about what you're doing, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're just not going to want to do it. And now you're just working. It, it's harder, so you're going to be working twice as much for potentially more money, but that's not guaranteed. And if you, if you don't want to put the time and the hours in and your heart's not in it, then you're probably not going to do well. Yeah. You're going to burn yourself out. I see this question a lot on social media. I'm in a lot of different, you know, groups on Facebook. And this is one of the most common questions that I see coming from people who are in the group of, Hey, I want to start a business. And I have you know, X amount of dollars, $20,000, $5,000, $1,000, $10, 
what business can I start? And I'm like, it always to me seems like such a backwards approach. And I'm sure that we probably sound a little judgmental right now, but if you're not like, shouldn't you have the idea first of this is what I want to do and then move into doing that thing, building it versus I want to be an entrepreneur. Somebody tell me what to go do and then I'm going to do it. I, I think so. Definitely. And and again, it's like, I, I just, I don't understand where people have that mentality of I've just got some money and I want to be my own boss. Well, cool. Go find something that you like doing and figure out how to make money off of it. And one of the things, and this is not going to be a surprise to Julie, and it will not be a surprise to our listeners going forward, but I'm going to make a restaurant reference here, but <laughs> <laughs> wait, you know about restaurants? Just a, just a little bit, but one of the things that people always like often said to me working when I, when I was in restaurants, customers would come in and be like, Oh, I would love to own a restaurant. Like this seems like so much fun. And yeah, while there are parts of it that are fun, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of time. It's sweaty. It's hot. It's dangerous. There's yelling. There's all sorts of fun stuff. Very low margins, very low margins. (laughs) And People, they're like, oh, well, you know, I entertain my friends on the weekends. It's like, cool, you've got 10 people coming over. They're your friends. They're not going to get angry at you if the meal's 10 minutes later than it should have been, et cetera, et cetera. This is way different. You have a bunch of entitled people coming in. Like, I ordered my meal and, and I get it. Like, this is a special night for you because you might not get to go out to dinner all the time. Or uh, I have no idea what's going on with you personally. And, and yes, we want to make sure that everything's perfect. But it, it it is not the same when people say, oh, it's like, I, you know, I like to pick anything. I like working on cars. Cool. You're not going to like being a mechanic. So that's just one of those. I mean, you might like being a mechanic, but you're not going to like all of the business side of being a mechanic, like yeah. owning a mechanic shop. Well, so I feel like you're being a little contrarian on yourself here because you're saying if you're passionate about it, then you, that's the first step of starting a business, right? So I think if you're passionate about being a mechanic and you're really good at it, that's a smarter path for starting a business than if you are, you know, just like, oh, I can make really good money being a mechanic. So I'm going to go start a business doing that. Right. And I'm not saying that that's like, people should go do that. Right. But because I like hosting people at my house and I don't, cause I don't really like people all that much, Corey, I should, I don't want to start a a restaurant. I love coffee. I think I would love to have a coffee shop, but you have convinced me that that's the worst thing I could ever do is start a coffee shop. It's, I don't think it's the worst thing that you could ever do, but it's not a great idea. Right. And and again, yes. So you're right. I was being a little contrarian there, but you don't want to just jump into something because you're like, Oh, this sounds like fun because you could potentially ruin a hobby. Um, Yeah. And it's, you know, one of those things where like, again, I'm not a very social person, but I have found myself in working in very social industries. And the last thing that I want to do at the end of the day on my free time or whatever is spend time with people. (laughs) Like at the end of the day, especially those long, crazy nights, you know, whatever, like it's, it's late. It's like three in the morning. My, my favorite time of the day when I was working in bars, working late nights, all of that was at like, 4 a.m. sitting by myself on my front porch, smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer. It's quiet. It's dark. Nobody's saying anything. It's like, this is, this is life right here. Right. And, you know, just for all our listeners, sometimes even in the middle of the day, he doesn't like dealing with people. Yes. Right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to our next question. All right. So, Julie, 
Uh, something that people all like will will kind of ask us, but they don't really ask us. It's it's always on the forefront of their heads. Is like, what are the things that I should be doing in the first year to prepare for long term success? This is a beautiful question. I'm so glad you asked it. And this is what we're really going to dive into in the middle portion of the show today. Um, But there are things that you can do. First off, as we like to say, you need to build your business with a strong foundation. So you're poised for long-term growth. So that's everything from having a business plan. And I don't care if you're going to take on investors or you're getting financing or not. A business plan is your roadmap for future success for your business. So, so many people think that they don't need one if they're not going to be getting funding. Disagree. I think you need one regardless. And it doesn't have to be like 800 pages. I once encountered a guy who had a business plan who was 97 pages long. And I was like, woof, who's going to read that? (laughs) And there might be a need for a 97-page business plan if you're introducing some sort of new technology to the world that nobody's ever heard of, you're revolutionizing anything. If, if you have to spend a significant amount of that business plan explaining what it is that you do, that's fine because that's the, the point of the business plan is like, well, there's two points to the business plan. The first is to define what you are as a business. So, when you're starting that business, jumping into things and not having certain things defined, like your core values, what your target market is, like all of these things that you should know before you start your business, that's important. But if you're going to get investors, if you're going to the bank for a loan, if you're trying to bring on a partner, whatever it is, the point of the business plan is to explain what it is that you do and why you're qualified to do it. So if you're doing something that everybody's heard of, if you're if you want to open up a coffee shop, you can just say, hey, I'm going to open up a coffee shop and here's what my differentiator is going to be. Here's why I'm qualified to do it. And you can get all that done in a couple of paragraphs because everybody presumably has been to or at least knows what a coffee shop is. Yes. Perfect. So we really need. So business plan is important. Um, defining your culture, core values. Core values are really important. Everything you do should in your business should center on core values. You need the mission statement, value proposition, all of those things. A SWOT analysis, I think, is very, very critical. And um, I would always recommend having done a competitive analysis. Competitive analysis, I feel like, are very important for understanding who you're competing against, both directly and indirectly, right? So that you can set yourself up for success very well. And I like the concept of really um, understanding like you're like having a solid pricing strategy and then under like starting to document some processes, which, Ooh, I can't believe I said those words. Yeah, I know you love process. (laughs) You probably mention process more often than I do nowadays, but that, yeah, getting into like the, the pricing strategy, the competitive analysis, it doesn't have to be perfect. If you're starting off with a business plan, I guarantee you, what you start off with is not what you're going to have six months down the road, unless it's less, it's something that you've done before, unless you're buying a franchise or, mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like if you're kind of building your business as you go, it's going to shift. You, you have to be willing to evolve and be flexible because that's half the fun of being small business owners. You never know what's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. And real quick, I mean, we're going to let's get in one more question before we um, go to break. And this one I feel like is designed specifically for you, Corey. 
I want to be a life coach, but I'm not sure what type of experience I need to get started. What do you recommend? Don't. And today's, it, it, there is, I don't even know what a life coach does, but it's basically a therapist that you pay more money to, or I don't know. Like, I feel like there's so many other things that you can do to help improve yourself and keep you accountable and you get two things out of it. So a life coach, you hire a personal trainer, you're going to get in shape and they're going to keep you accountable. Go to a therapist. They're going to help clear your head and it, it, it keep you accountable. Like, that's, I guess what a life coach does, but you don't need experience to be a life coach. All you have to do is say you're a life coach and then somehow trick people into giving you money. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a big fan of the life coach philosophy. And honestly, it's that's part of the reason that we hate using the term coach because well, right now everybody's a coach and we don't want to do that. So that's a um, it's, it's one of our least favorite terms, even though we are consultants and coaches, but we're not life coaches, are we, Corey? We are not life coaches. And I don't even really like calling ourselves coaches. I, like, don't I, I get it, but you know, that's it. But um, we are going to take a quick break here. We're going to come back in part two, segment second, two, sure, whatever, segment two of the show, and we're going to talk about firing yourself and what that means um, to us, and why you, as a, an entrepreneur, should be working on firing yourself and getting yourself out of those day to day operations and working on that strategy and vision. So we are going to take a quick break, and we'll see you on the other side of. That was the longest sentence ever, Corey. I'm pretty sure there was at least a semicolon in there. <laughs> All, right. All right. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, quick break, and we'll see you on the other side. Hey, everybody. This is Corey from Defeat the Chaos, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one -on -one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, -on -one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show For women, men, children, and families Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent To bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern To The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Channel And welcome back to Defeat the Chaos with Corey Harris and Julie Traxler. We are going to 
jump into talking about firing yourself from your business. Julie. Yes. What does that mean? To me, fire yourself means moving. Let's see if I can give some more entrepreneurial type terms here. Put as many catchphrases in here. If you could just, just string random words together and okay. just perfect. Cliche it up for yes. us. Um, to me, it means moving from an owner-driven business to a process-driven business. What is an owner-driven business? Owner-driven business is a bit, that's such a great question. I'm so glad you're here to ask. Um, owner-driven business is a business where the owner is involved in everything, heavily involved in the day-to-day -day operations, is making all of the decisions, um, is front and center on everything. And, you know, if you're a solopreneur, that makes sense because who else is going to do it? And you've got some different decisions to make in terms of how to move process to a process-driven business. But if you've got employees and you're involved in everything and you're not really delegating and you think that you're critical for every single thing that happens in your business, then uh, it's as easy as this. You're leaving money on the table every single day. And when you use that definition of owner-driven, I hear micromanager. And one thing that we know that everybody loves is a micromanager. So Yeah. It's interesting how that's, um, I never really thought about it as a micromanager until um, you and I first started talking about it. And well, actually you wrote a blog, you wrote a blog about it and I thought you were pointing your fingers at me. <laughs> well, most of the blogs that I write are because I'm angry about you, angry at you about something. That's hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> you so basically every other week you're you're angry at me about at, something. At least. Wowza. Yeah. I never write angry blogs about oh, you. No, you have. No. All right. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I always think of it as I, I micromanager, I think is accurate though, because you're you're not delegating your employees probably aren't feeling valued. Um, they probably feel like they're not being stretched and tested and learning new things. And so chances are really good. If you are an owner-driven business, your employees are probably unhappy. And that's a huge problem because it, despite whatever opinions people have on the labor market today or millennials, these damn kids, whatever it is, People want to feel valued. They want to feel empowered. They want they want to be challenged. Like mm -hmm. like I mean, there's all exception to every rule. So there are the people who would rather just sit on their couch and watch Netflix all day. Sure. Um, but for the most part, people want to get some sort of value out of what it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. And and it could just be. I mean, it, it regardless of the industry you're in, it's allowing people to make decisions, allowing people to feel like they've got ownership of what it is that they're doing, that, that they are making a difference in your business. Yeah. Yep. I, I think, well, I, I, if we could take a little detour, um, because I really, um, I, I, I love your take on why it's so hard for, um, employers to find employees right now. Right. And I just let's let's take a let's go down a little side street and talk sure. about that really quickly, because I think that's such a relevant topic for so many people. And yeah, that's uh, again the what and it's the, the tide is kind of changing on like out in the, the news and all of that. But for the longest time, 
people were blaming the labor shortage like, oh, it's because we're giving them money and they're just being paid to stay home. And while there was some truth to that, I know, for example, um, restaurants being close to restaurants that what happened was that people had a year off of work and restaurants. It's hard work. It's it's not it, it can be very frustrating. There can, it can be very little reward, especially if you're working in a crappy restaurant with a crappy owner and crappy guests and all of that type of stuff. So when you have a a year off to really reflect on your life and now you have to go back to work, are you going to go back to work to make $35,000 a year, busting your ass, getting yelled at a hot, sweaty environment? Or are you going to go figure out how you can do that with maybe two or three side hustles? Like, can you create, can you create your own kind of destiny? Like when it comes to work and, and we were talking about this before the show, it's like the people who go to college and create their own major. Like there's it, yes. it, it, it tech, we call it independent studies. And it's just like, yes. I'm going to get three minors, cobble them together and call it a major. And that's but I feel like. That's what people are doing these days is that they now have a choice in what, what it is that they're doing because they weren't, they had the time to stop and figure out like, okay, I don't like working for X or doing Y I'm now going to just create my own kind of future. And I think that's where we are. And we got it. And, and I, I have a new story that we might be able to get to at the at the end of the show. But just talking about how uh, I mean, the, the shift in power has kind of occurred for like employees now have the have more power in terms of like bargaining for what they are going to get paid benefits, that type of stuff. And employers are, are going to have to meet those demands. And it's I mean, it's plain and simple, like that's just economics. You yeah. know, you have to create the demand in order to increase the supply. You do. All right. So let's get back on the main road now. Okay. Back to firing yourself. Um, So already alluded to it, when you are an owner-driven business, you are likely a micromanager. You very likely have unhappy employees. Um, You're probably overtired, overextended, miserable, just like working a lot of hours and a, a thing that I think a lot of people don't recognize, owner-driven businesses are worth less money. Yes. Yeah. So if you wanted to sell, you would get less money for your business if it's owner-driven. And that being because you are a very important part of the business. And the idea of selling your business is that you don't go along with that sale. Correct. Now, that that's not always the case. A lot of times in an Prostitution acquisition- rings. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say just normal acquisitions. But <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. That makes sense. Too, yeah. Corey. That makes sense. That makes more sense. A lot of times <laughs> the owner will be asked to stick around for six months to help keep, you know, help with the transition to keep everything kind of going, fill in all the gaps that, that weren't identified prior to the purchase. But yeah, ideally, like if you're selling your business, it's because you're getting out of that business. And yep. Um, the benefits of the like the process-driven business is that if you have your processes documented, if you have an empowered team, if you have everything kind of running smoothly on its own, you don't necessarily have to be there. Now, you still have to be there as a leader. You still have to be the person steering the ship, but you can take a couple of days off of work if you want to. And I mean, that's one of the goals that everybody should really have is being able to take a vacation and not having to check into work multiple times a day. I, I just read a, a a study and I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was something like 80% of the small business owners who responded said that they have never not checked into work. 
like even on vacation, they at least like if they're on vacation, they're at least checking emails at least once a day or something like that, which is ridiculous. Like you should be able to feel comfortable enough in your business that you can step away. Of course, if there's an emergency, you need to be able to handle that. But I mean, even then, like if you plan well enough, emergencies can handle themselves. Correct. And I think, you know, if you are, if, if you're moving from owner driven to process driven and are, you know, in a position where you can fire yourself, then that means you are freed up to look at forward strategy. You're able to think about what are the highest value tasks that I can work on that contribute to the business? What things can I hand off to, you know, give my, empower my employees and help them to, you know, up-level their skills, but then what can we, what can I focus on to build the business better for the future so that we can increase revenues where we can, you know, go from six figures to seven figures and ultimately to eight figures. You can't get to eight figures as a owner-driven business. It's, it's just. Yeah. You need people and you need to train people and the benefits. One of the benefits of documenting your process is, is you a, one of the benefits, many benefits. It's all benefits. How many benefits? <laughs> uh, too many to too many to name. But the, first of all, when you're documenting your processes, you get that buy-in from your employees because they help document what it is that you're doing. Um, they will tell you everything that's broken. They will tell you all the things that you don't know that's happening in your business because a lot of times people are just holding things together. And if that person were to get hit by the proverbial bus, you wouldn't even know what's going on because they're doing things that you don't know like are happening in your business. And then the nice thing is once you get those processes documented, you get training materials so that anybody in theory can walk into that business, pick it up, whatever that is, whatever that task is and follow the process so that it makes training, it makes rehiring, it makes you know, all of those things so that you can promote people within your business. Or you can realize that you might not be there, like the 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 career, the place where they're going to retire. They're going to use you to get somewhere else to move up, you know, the ladder with another company. And that's fine. Like you, you people often say like, oh, you know, I want to keep my employees forever. No, you shouldn't think that. You should, you should be empowering your employees, training, teaching, helping them develop themselves. And if they want to stick around, like if it's a great environment, they'll stick around as long as they can. But ultimately, I mean, everybody's got to leave the nest at some point. Hopefully. So let's, um, serious question versus an unserious one. Perfect. How hard is it to go from being owner-driven to process-driven? It sounds like it might be a lot of work, is it? It is a lot of work. Yeah. It's how, a, yeah. Uh, and it depends on how how much time you want to spend, like where you want to go, but it's a lot of work. It, it takes time. It takes money. It's, it's not something that you can do overnight um, to do, uh, depending on the size of the business. You can, I mean, it, it could be anything from a couple of months to a couple of years to get to where you need to be. And for, for people out there who are trying to do it, it, it seems like a daunting task, but you just break it up into smaller bite-sized pieces. Like you do anything. I mean, you set the, the big goal and then just create a bunch of milestones that you want to hit along the way to get to whatever that big goal is. And again, you're going to, it's not going to be perfect and you're going to have to change and adjust as you go. But re, like ideally, like as you start kind of chipping away at the processes in your business and you start delegating and outsourcing, and this goes for solopreneurs as well, that the, uh, you can delegate and outsource. You can find 
people to help you do work so that you can focus on the things that you want to focus on or that you should be focusing on. And now, yeah, obviously like as a solopreneur, you have to do your 90% of everything in your business, but you can, you can find people to help you do other things and then maybe even find an employee. So, so if I want to go, if I want to start making that transition, what's the first thing that I should do? You need to accept that you have a problem. <laughs> Listen, I've accepted that I have many problems and you might be one of them, yes, Corey. Yes. <laughs> what do I need to do in my business? Like where where do people need to start? If they're, obviously I know the answer to this. I, I gave you the answer, but I want- You want me to see if I know the answer? Yeah, I'm quizzing yeah. you okay. right now, Corey. <laughs> uh, the first place that anybody should start is just performing a time audit. You just need to understand what it is that you're doing in your business throughout the day and, and not even your business, your personal life. You need to figure out where it is that you're spending your time because a lot of times what you think takes you 30 minutes or an hour might take you probably like four because in the middle of that, you're getting a phone call from this person or you're having to deal with this problem. And the next thing you know, this what should be a simple task has turned into like a four hour endeavor because you keep getting pulled away or it's not as simple as you thought it was. Mm -hmm. And you know what takes you 30 minutes to do, it might take somebody else 60. So, right. right. And it's a constant, a constant look at, do I need to be the person doing this? Am I, I'm doing it. Do I need to be the person who continues to do it? Is it even important for a business? Right. And sometimes when you, if you're a smaller company, which, you know, most of the clients that we work with in our company, they're small, right? 10 or less employees, most of them five or less employees. And the question that we remind them to ask themselves is, and it, this sounds just so basic, but it's, does this keep me close to the cash? Is it bringing revenue in the door? Is it having a positive impact? Is it helping me line up customers or clients? Is it improving my product or service? And if it's not doing those things, then you probably need to take a hard look at why am I doing it? And I think one of the areas that people can really look at is social media, like how much time and how many different channels of social media they are on and really figuring out is that valuable? Yeah. The performing the non-value added tasks are, are not things that business owners, I don't think the people in general should be doing. Correct. Those are the things that you should automate or figure out a way to eliminate from your business. Or outsource. Or outsource. Yeah. And, and that's like the, would be the next step. A lot of small business owners, they have uh, control problems mm. and the, uh, you need to get comfortable giving up control. And it's for a lot of people, that's hard to do but you start off small again, find something that you're doing. For me, I always find the things that I hate doing that I, that I put off till the end of the day or to the last minute. Cause I'm just like, this is so stupid. Why am I doing this? And then I document what I'm doing so that at some point I can then just give it to somebody and be like, Hey, you do this. Cause I, I don't want to do it anymore. And then you send me the email that says, I already documented that once for you. Why are you asking me that? <laughs> yeah, and then I passed it on to Stacey or Francis. So <laughs> Right, right. Well, you know, what's interesting is that you, you look at the things that you hate doing and I look at the things that I love doing and I say to myself, do you do these things because they're easy and you enjoy them, but are they adding value, right? Because for me, default is to go into doing something that may not really be doing any good for us, but it's easy. And I can feel like I'm accomplished something and checking a box. And so I have to look hard at those things and be like, 
mm, do we need to be doing it? And if the answer is yes, then the next question is, am I the person who needs to be doing it? And if the answer is no, then it's like, hey, Francis. <laughs> Francis was our summer intern who is now our kind of catch-all person and does a ton for us. But yeah. I've yet to actually use her for anything on my end. That's but, true. You know, it's a whole other conversation, but that's two different approaches. And the only two approaches people that you can take to documenting processes. That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> don't you can't. I don't think you can joke about process. No, I can't. That was a joke. Oh, OK. Yeah. OK. But yeah, then I mean, from there, uh, the last thing, well, not the last thing, but like what you really want to start doing is understanding the value of your time. So uh, again, uh, people, I, I love saying that a small business owner's favorite hobby is pinching pennies. Mm -hmm. And you do love saying that. Yes, I do. And it's, it's true where it, it, people don't understand the value of their own time. So going back to restaurants, for example, like, I don't know how many times I would go to, or, I mean, I'm sure we've all seen it, but like you're at the grocery store and you see somebody loaded up and they've got an entire cart full of orange juice. And it's because uh, the, the restaurant owner or whoever is like, oh, I, well, somebody might've screwed up and they're having to just fill a gap. But a lot of times they're out there, they're like, oh, well, I can save 50 cents a gallon if I just go buy it from the store versus if I get it from a distributor or whatever. And it's like, all right, cool. You saved $8 but it took you 45 minutes to perform that task. <laughs> Is that really worth $8? <laughs> People have a really hard time with that because the the money the concept of money for your time a lot of times is fake money right it does it doesn't come to fruition it's not fake money but you know like if i you know i don't get paid for everything i do but there's a value to my time and i think people really struggle with that but that's such an important important piece that people need to take a look at yeah and it, it's uh, again you need to also think of what can you do with that time that might not actually be creating money spending yeah. time with friends and family getting an extra 30 minutes of sleep. Like all of that stuff is value that that people need to consider and they don't really ever consider because they're like, well, I'll just do it myself. And you need to get comfortable giving up control of things in your business. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, listen, this has been fantastic and I wanna talk about it more, but we actually need to take a break. And when we come back, we are gonna talk current events and headlines and it is gonna be fun and exciting, I promise. We'll see you on the other side. Hey everybody, this is Corey from Defeat the Chaos and I wanted to tell you a little bit about SB Pace. That's the company that Julie and I co-founded. We offer coaching and consulting services to small business owners, helping them to reach new levels inside of their businesses. One of our most popular services is our one-on-one -on -one coaching, where we work directly with small business owners just like you to make your business more efficient. We guide you through finding more time in your day to focus on the tasks that bring the most value to your business and accelerate your revenue growth. This one-on-one, -on -one, well, technically two coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and it's priced perfectly for any small business. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, head on over to sbpace.com slash small dash business dash coaching to sign up. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel.
It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. We are going to jump into some current events now. We're going to talk about, um, like Julie said, some articles. We don't know what the other person pulled, and so we will just jump right in. And Julie, why don't you start us off? All right. I want to talk about the 10-year-old in Australia who she's an entrepreneur, and she is set to retire at 15 retire from what working like <laughs> so, period yeah so um she her and her mom started a business that is like hair ties and hair bows and they literally within the next like decade will have eclipsed like 21 million dollars in um, profits well the way that inflation is going this these days 21 million is not going to get you very far so as a 15 year old and assuming that she lives to the average age of what 80 74 whatever it is for for women in the world um you're gonna have to find some work along the way so. that's what i thought too i thought you're you're being a little optimistic about how how far that money's going to take you also how boring is that life going to be i know well she could travel the world but still she's 10 She's going to retire when she's 15. But can you imagine? Let's just look at it from the other direction. Can you imagine as like a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old having, you know, $20 million? I mean, when I was 12 or 10, $100 was like $20 million. I know. You could buy like, so much stuff. I know. It's like, I think I'll get all the penny candy you wanted. Although that's probably not what you spent your $100 on. No, actually, I was very uh, fiscally, like, responsible when i was a kid so i was like oh a hundred dollars oh i can put that in the bank did you have a lemonade stand <laughs> no no i uh it, it, yeah it was a weird kind of i don't know like a different childhood in that respect uh, respect but i mean i started working um the local pool over the summer when i was like 13 running a snack bar um that tracks you know yeah so. <laughs> yeah my my first venture into being an entrepreneur um i sold rocks like useful rocks or like were you just like walking down the street and like picking up gravel yep the second one (laughs) (laughs) i got up i set up a card table so a really really long driveway as a kid and um on a country road that very few people traveled down and i just set up a card table at the end of the driveway with a chair put some rocks on it try to sell them did you sell any i did not okay that's not a surprise But hey, a for effort. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You, you got to start somewhere. I, I knew very, I, I knew very early on where I was going with my career. And most people's, I mean, a lot of people's first business, first ten businesses, they might fail. You just got to pick that one rock business. That's <laughs> exactly. Going to make it big, and then and, you- 
And now I realize every time I say I've never been a salesperson before that I'm lying because I sold rocks, man. Look at that. You know, it's just uh, the location. Let's blame it on location. Location. <laughs> the idea was solid. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's talk about uh, selling or the lack thereof. So twice, I think in the past week, but this uh, just happened again yesterday, AWS went down and a lot of websites went down. And this is a terrible time of the year for websites to go down. And I love the headline because they're talking about the outage hits, Netflix, Slack, Ring, like all these big things like, oh, no, I don't get my Netflix. Darn. But like if you're a small business owner and you rely on that online uh, online economy, like the retail Mm -hmm. and your business goes down, what the hell are you supposed to do? I don't know. What do you do? They say in the story what's causing it and like what the disruption cost to people. No, they are not. And Amazon is. I, I don't know. I have my speculations. I don't have my tinfoil hat handy. Do you think they're doing it on purpose? No, I don't have my tinfoil hat handy, so I'm not going to get into that. But um, and you know, for all the listeners out there, I do enjoy a good conspiracy theory. So we might get one of those from time to time on this show. But um, they're not saying what it is, but they're also not saying like how widespread it is. Like if you go to Down Detector to check out something because you try to go to a website and it's not working. Like I remember Shopify was down for a bit. And that's huge because that's all they do is online retail. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a small business owner, that's one of the things that we need to uh, like just kind of plan for is that plan B of, okay, my online store goes down and that's where 99.9% of my business comes from. Maybe you should have some sort of a backup idea, whether it's a backup store or, um, you know, I, I was it Instagram and whatever they Facebook. Went, yeah, Facebook went down. Yeah. Over I was summer. just thinking about that. They went down and they went down hard for like an entire day. They were down. And then we got the metaverse. Yes. <laughs> Which Yes, which is a whole interesting concept. I saw um, somebody uh, the other day, and we're getting a little off topic, but not by much. Somebody the other day um, had said, you know, so Facebook has a, Facebook and Instagram will, you know, they like, they, sh- Instagram shadow bans people, takes away their account privileges pretty frequently. Um, and if they're, you know, go, go against their community standards. And I'm using air quotes on community standards, right? Um, because our community standards aren't really defined other than community standards. Yeah. If we, if we don't like what you're saying for whatever reason. Yes. Just, yeah. Yes. And Facebook will, if they, if you have posts and you do it too frequently, they will um, ban you for like, you know, X number of days and the banning it can be very different. Like you could still post stuff, but you're not allowed to comment on anything or there's somewhere you can't post anything. You're just banned completely, but you can still use the DM portion. It's very weird, but anyway, and they do a look back, right? So people will get banned for 30 days for something they posted four years ago. And it's just really, really weird. But imagine buying land, I think I'm using air quotes again, in the metaverse on Facebook and being like a major investor into the metaverse as part of whatever Facebook is selling and then getting banned from Facebook. Like you've given them all of this money for this. It's not even real land. Uh, Yeah. I don't understand that. Somebody bought like a $650,000 yacht in the metaverse. I don't know how you use that yacht. You 
I don't, I don't know how that works. Get your VR goggles on. Sure. I don't know either. Why wouldn't you buy a $650,000 yacht in the real world? Real yacht? I don't know. In the real universe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Just one last quick thing on the metaverse. I saw this the other day. This woman uh, had the Instagram hat handle at metaverse and she's had it since 2012. And it was kind of like the name that she came up with for this company that she had. And she did some online design and that type of stuff. And about a week ago, two weeks ago, something like that, she couldn't get into her account. They just closed her account, deleted everything, just got rid of it. And they're like, you, you were impersonating somebody that you're not. That was the only explanation that she got. And finally, there was enough like commotion on the Internet and enough like whatever that they gave it back to her. They gave it back to her. And again, it's a free service, so you can't really complain that much. But the this just there like Facebook was just like, no, that's ours. We're just taking it. <laughs> so imminent domain. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So here's my next headline. And I am I don't I don't know that 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 we've ever talked about this. I am obsessed with this story. I have been following it since it happened. I've read a couple of books on it. Um but there's a trial occurring right now. Are, do you know who Elizabeth Holmes is? No. Okay. So Elizabeth Holmes is a Stanford dropout who um, had the startup of startup company called Theranos. And Theranos was this um, company that um, allegedly the technology they had created was basically like these little machines that if you just took a pinprick of your blood, it could literally run like, you know, 200 plus tests and give you all these test results. And pretty much the entire thing was a complete and total fraud. And she raised like $900 million. And she had, she had like Henry Kissinger was on her board, George Schultz, who was um, used to be secretary of state, like it, like tons of big names on her board. And uh, she's on trial right now. Right. So um, her and um, who was her, um, I believe he was like maybe her COO and president. His name was Sonny Balwani. Um, They and they were a couple at the time. They have since broken up. They were being tried together. They separated the cases. Her closing arguments are set to start um, this week. She is um, the U.S. uh, government is suing her taking her and she faces up to 20 years in prison. And I am really invested in this court case, <laughs> really invested in it. So is that a question or are you just tell me what's going on? Well, um, so I guess I I'm, I'm curious, you know, when you're thinking about a, a tech startup, right. Where it's really easy you know, in the metaverse, back to the metaverse is a, is a, is a good example, right? Or NFTs, like we're literally cryptocurrencies. Yeah. We're selling stuff that doesn't exist. Sure. And I mean, it's, it's, in my opinion, buyer beware, like, like you, like if you can fool Henry Kissinger into being on your board of directors, awesome. You like, we shouldn't throw you in jail for $20 million. We should, or 20 years, we should figure out how we can take that skill and make money. That's like, like you shouldn't, we shouldn't, as the people shouldn't have to pay for this woman to be in jail. We should like, she should be basically forced to go work. Like that sounds awful now that it came out of my mouth, but like, she should like, like she needs to be in the economy making money, making what about, that money what back. About the, what about the investors that she just 
completely i mean 900 million dollars gone i yeah i don't know into I mean, the ether she I, they spent all that money everybody i mean everybody wants some sort of retribution for that but like is throwing somebody yes i mean i guess if i lost a ton of money i'd be like oh they're rotten in jail but are they really rotten in jail like uh, again like it, I mean, it she had a ton of of sec violations and it but again like it should be she straight up lied Corey. you need to you, they need to be working that working that off debtor's prison let's bring those back but for people who like defraud the government or people or something like that not because you can't pay your mortgage <laughs> 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 or your IRS tax bill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But it's it's just it's a really interesting story and they're doing closing arguments this week and I've been paying very close attention to this. So, all right, do we got time for one more headline? Um I think so and it's uh we can just talk about this real quick and then we're going to have to uh take off for the day, but uh skimpflation. I hate um I don't even know what that is. Well, so inflation's going bananas right now sure. as we all know. The Fed is going to where they said that they might raise um, rates. At they're three, going to raise the debt ceiling. Well, no, but they're going to raise uh, interest rates at least three times next year. And oh, crazy if we just print money willy nilly, inflation is going to get you know out of control. So we're going to have to do something, which means uh, inflation is going to take off, but or hopefully to rein in inflation. But the skimpflation, which um, we will probably have to pick up on the next show because we're almost out of time here is the idea that uh, you go to the store and what was like it, you go to buy a can of beans let's say and it's the same price as it was the last time but it's now one and a half ounces less because you're getting the same product but they're just at the same price you're just getting less of it <laughs> and that's been going on for a while like the you know a 12 ounce soda is now 11.2 ounces because that 0.8 ounces is saving them a ton of money. We'll just let, let you think about that because we're going to have to uh, take off here, but um, let's get rolling. I got, I have a lot of thoughts yeah. on that. We're going to have to come back to that topic next week. All right. Well, not too bad for a first show, Corey. Um, a real quick thank you to all of our listeners. Um, we at least, we hope we had a couple. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. everything that you want to know about um, Defeat the Chaos can be found on our show page. And if you want to connect with us, you can reach out to us on our website, sbpace.com. Everything, social media, all that is out there for you to connect. Yeah. And if you're looking for more tips and tricks on being an entrepreneur or a small business owner, check out our podcast, Biz Quick. It's available everywhere that you listen to your favorite podcasts. And it's also on our website, sbpace.com. And don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. Everything that you need to know about that is also on our website. <laughs> Amazing. Go to our website. Uh, for Corey, I'm Julie, and this was Defeat the Chaos on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you every Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern.